Welcome to The Underlay, a Clever Choice podcast, where we go inside and under the flooring industry. Welcome to The Underlay, the Clever Choice podcast, where we go inside and under the flooring industry. I'm Matthew White, and with me, as always, is my loyal co-host, Michael Roberts, GM of Clever Choice. How are you, mate? Feeling very romantic today, Matt. Well, you know, you get to, usually I don't get to spend Valentine's Day with the people I love, but uh, today it's, I'm making an exception. Well, thanks to a gentleman by the name of St. Valentine, uh, we now celebrate this day. And traditionally, it was known as the Feast of St. Valentine. Wow. So You've done some research. This guy. That's what we do on the underlay. It is. Um, so could you imagine the feast of St. Valentine's, the amount of love and romance that would have been in the air on that day? Yeah, Too much. Too much for one man to bear. So I ask you, you've been married many years now? Yeah, many years. Yeah. What does uh, it's love my, and romance look like in the White Household? Uh, well, I got up very early this morning. Uh, so did she. And we went separate ways very quickly. I said, see you tonight, darling. And I'm going to now have to go out and buy my daughter a Valentine's present. Oh, really? Because we don't do Valentine's Day in our house because it's, you know, get a bit over it, right? There's, there's so many, uh, I guess, events throughout the year. Yeah. Um, and when you've been married so many years, yeah, we sort of combined all ours. So we're pretty lucky. Our wedding anniversary, our birthdays, both our birthdays, yeah. Valentine's Day is all based around February. So yeah. we just do one big trip up, um, generally up to the Whit Sundays. Um, you're, a big, you're a big Whit Sunday guy, aren't you? I love it. Hard Island, yeah. you know, that's probably the most romantic thing on earth. Of course. It's nature's beauty of um, the heart in the in the ocean. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so actually jumping in the car on Sunday and going to do the trek and visit our customers along the way and then uh, fly the beautiful wife up for the weekend and spend it up there. Look at you. So Still a romantic at heart. I try. Okay. I like we could talk forever about Valentine's Day. It's just such a, an amazing day for both of us. Oh, looking into your eyes, Matt. But with us, stop. But with us today in the panic room is a very special guest, and she is most definitely the rose between two thorns today. Uh, Madison Grisdale from Plus Architecture. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, look, uh, thank you for joining us. And did you come from Brisbane this morning? I did, yes. My alarm was set at 4.30 a.m. Wow. I left home just after 5 a.m. So, Well, lucky it wasn't <laughs> it was yesterday because yeah. yesterday was an absolute nightmare. The worst day of traffic in the history of Gold Coast. Oh, was it? Yeah. There Why? was a, a crane toppled on the M1 on the new uh, bridge, just, which is just here. Uh, and it was gridlock for about six hours. Uh, I started about 4 a.m. And oh, actually, it was more than six hours. It was well after lunchtime before... Something it took me normally it takes me nine minutes to get to work. It took me forty six minutes to get to work. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it was brutal. I, I aborted the first try, uh, attempt to come to work. I just turned around and, and my daughter was supposed to go to school, and I said, "You're not going to school." And we just turned around and went home. And then it got to nine forty, and I was like, oh, "I'll try again." Oh no! It took 46 minutes. Oh, yeah. great way to start the Monday. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah. It was rough. <laughs> It's amazing the amount of construction that is just going on on the Gold Coast and Brisbane, isn't it? Like, just everywhere you look. Um, I was down Gold Coast, uh, Moomoo's, actually. I'll give them a plug. Uh, yeah, Broad Beach? Oh, the most spectacular food. Yeah. Um, 
we ended up staying there pretty much most of the what night. What did you what did you eat there? Um, we had the tomahawk. Yeah. Wow. Never had one before, but oh, I tell you what, I've eaten there a couple of times. I've had the the Philly cheese yes. steak where they bring out like a baked brie and they or camembert and they put it on top of this sliced steak. Wow. And you oh. can, as you're eating it, you can actually feel the cheese moving to the top of your brain and just sitting there. <laughs> it was hands down one of the best experiences my palate ever um, yeah. ever had. Yeah. Um, and I think we ended up going through about four bottles of wine while we're there. It's easy to do. And um, then ended up at the casino. But getting off the point, yeah. while we're down there, we noticed like just everywhere you look at just cranes, uh, civil work going on. And it's such a great time to live in the Gold Coast and Brisbane, um, especially for people within our building industry, um, to just see all that work. And obviously it's causing traffic delays mm. and, and all that you know, in the short term. But I think eventually in the next couple of years we're going to be in um, it's a very fun- good place. It's funny though because there was such panic around the pandemic, right? Oh, it's the end of the world and it's never going to be the same and God, we've bounced back. Yeah. Like it's almost like it never happened. Well, obviously now they're reining it in with interest rates, which is a bit of a punish, but you're right. Like you go to Palm Beach and there's 10 developments going on in Palm Beach. Mm. It's just, you know, it's people upon people. It's just getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, it's super exciting, especially for us in the industry that we work in. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't see it slowing down in time soon. So yeah, No, it's and incredible. you know, and that's why everyone's always predicting, oh, when's this bubble gonna burst? Mm. But you're right, I I can't see it at, mm. at this point. Like obviously it will, you know, and it'll but, it'll but you know what? It's it's defined burst because I think that's gone so far ahead that even a even a slight hurdle we're still way in front. And so it makes me laugh that people go, look, it's going to burst. And they've been saying it for 20 years, right? The real estate bubble's going to burst. It's going to burst. But when your property's increased by 60% over three years, who cares if it goes down 10%? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it. it's a net 50. Yeah. It's a net 50. <laughs> I'll take it. And yeah. it's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, I, I agree. I think that you know, I used to live in Sydney on the northern beaches where it's, you know, extremely affluent. Not that I was, but yeah. the area was extremely affluent. And people would say, oh, it's going to burst, it's going to burst. Never burst. Mm. Just kept going up and up and up and up. And finally, the Gold Coast and, and Brisbane are really starting to take advantage of that as well, which is nice. And must be, as you said, it must be really exciting for someone in your position. Mm. Uh, you know, there'd be so much work. There'd be so many different, I guess, uh, projects on the go. Absolutely. How do you manage that? Like, how is, so tell me what a day looks like for, for Madison. She rocks into work. You're an interior designer. Mm-hmm. You do commercial, you do residential, you do everything essentially. Mm-hmm. How does that work? How do you manage that? Well, I think firstly, yeah, it's super exciting as I'm sort of just starting my career now here in Brisbane um, with the Olympics coming up as well. Like the possibilities and, and the opportunities that are that are arising for us as young professionals is incredibly exciting. So, um yeah, but I think in terms of day-to-day life, like, yes, I work on the residential team at Plus Architecture and we are super busy, super flat out, you know, cold calls coming in left, right and centre. And, um, yeah, it's just really exciting to be able to be a part of it and sort of drive down to the Gold Coast and go to site and see my clients and, and see the work that we, you know, the hours we put in, in the office and see it essentially come to life Um around the Gold Coast and, and by the waterfront and um, 
Yeah. It must be interesting because I guess that uh, your role, many facets to it, and I guess a lot of it is is office-based and and obviously working on a computer and all that kind of stuff, but I guess that you can't do that without having that face-to-face with the client and actually really getting to know the client, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a big people's person, like – Let's, yeah, let's go for coffee, let's catch up, let's talk about, you know, the dreams of your home and, and, and everything like that. And, yeah, it's been a little bit challenging through COVID just as I was starting my career and everything was moved to teams and, you know, that face-to-face interaction sort of dissipated quite quickly. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky when, you know, you're trying to develop these relationships with your clients and with the developers and, you know, with the families, you know, when we do our private residentials. So... Yeah, I love just getting to know um, my clients and, yeah, just understanding what they need and what they want out of their home. So, and It'd be an important part. Like, it's what we've spoken about a lot is that client connection, mm. you know, really getting to know your clients, knowing their needs, mm-hmm. um, sitting down with them. And I guess this is where, you know, I'm not a very visual person. Uh, so someone like yourself to be able to sit and listen to your client mm-hmm. and then try and get their dream um, to be delivered yeah, um, would be just such a task. Like for me, it, it seems be. impossible to me. It does. Like it really <laughs> does. It seems like I watch these shows on TV, right? And it just, the person that blows me away the most is the interior designer because they can just look at the blank canvas or look at a canvas, which is horrendous and imagine in a different way and and it it blows my mind that people have that that innate skill is that is it a natural thing or is it a learned thing i think well if you ask my mom she would say it's definitely just comes naturally to me she's very much the same she sort of has that design and creative brain um but when i talk to her about it it's um and and the design space and the interior design space i think I'd always been able to see like in 3D, I suppose. So when I walk into a room, I can sort of envisage how it would look, you know, in 3D as opposed to just flat on the paper, like perhaps most people. So yeah, I think um, it just sort of came naturally right from when I was a really young girl. I loved being creative and, and designing spaces and yeah, seeing that big picture and that big 3D vision and it's sort of just naturally progressed and developed and obviously I've learned a lot of skills along the way throughout university and throughout starting my career that have definitely enhanced that sort of skill. Um, but yeah, I think perhaps it always just, it was just always there. I always had that creative side, like I'm a left-handed and I always, yeah, use that part of my brain. It is funny, so. my, my son's left-handed yeah. and uh, he is it was, a, well, was, he's 16 now and a bit of a dick. <laughs> like most 16-year-old I, I actually think that's yeah. the first time we've sworn on the Clever Choice podcast. Yeah. I apologise for that, but, you know, I'm emotional about my, child, my son. <laughs> but he was left, he's left-handed and he was amazing at maths. Like he yeah. was amazing at art. Yep. At, and, and now he doesn't care about either but because yep. he's 16. But there's, there's something really to this left-handed thing, right? Yeah, well, that's so interesting because um, throughout school, yeah, maths was my strongest and art and graphics, so... All right. Yeah, whereas yeah. English, um, it was always a really big struggle of mine and um, reading books and writing, um, learning about history and all of that, it just 
never really interests me, never came naturally, whereas maths, like, yeah, I was happy to um, go home and do my maths homework, no mm. problems at all. And art just, it was more of a hobby, I suppose, and I was just lucky to be able to do that through school. Yeah. So, yeah, there's so something to us lefties. A lot of us in the office are actually left-handed as yeah, well. It's creative, so. that creative, right? Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I guess it. that would be the other thing, bouncing off other creative people and, mm. you know, being surrounded by that. And you mentioned schooling um, you studied at um, at the Queensland University. Yeah. How uh, I've never been to university. Um, you been to university, Matt? Uh, I did. I've done an online. Online. Yeah, but I didn't complete it. <coughs> I'm one of those guys. I've done seventy five percent of a course. I was always yeah. I- interested in you know the got really difficult <laughs> <laughs> working family. Yeah. You know, getting online, answering yeah. a couple of questions, yeah. screenshotting when you but get now, it wrong. But now, now with like Chat GPT and AI <laughs> and that, I might consider going back and finishing it. Oh, look out! <laughs> How was the university experience? Um, going through that and um, doing your design degree. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. I had the best time at university. I think. For me, school was a, a really hard slog. Um, yeah, though I was doing a lot of things that I hated, like I said, English and, you know, history and IT and, you know, those forced subjects that I sort of had to just get through. Um, and then to sort of close the door on that and open the door to university and I was there doing everything I loved every single day and, um, yeah, just being around like-minded people, you know, all the, all those creatives in one room. Um it was really powerful and really inspiring and I just had the best time. So, yeah, I was at uni for five years in the end. Yeah, wow. um, Yeah. It, it, you really it, did like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or well, either that or you weren't very good at it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very nice, Matt. Just an observation. Yeah. Just Moving just, right just along. <laughs> keeping the discussion going. Obviously, you liked it so much you just needed to stay. That's it. Yeah. Well, I started um, – because my schooling didn't quite go to plan, I didn't quite get the OP I needed to get straight into interior design. So I started with a year of industrial design, so more product design. Yeah. And honestly had the best the best year probably of my life to date. And it's always funny how those unplanned things always turn out that way. But so I did a year of that and then um, yeah, transferred over into interior design. But Um, industrial design sort of remained as my major throughout my whole university so yeah then continued with the four years in interior design and graduated with honours and um, yeah then moved down to Sydney but I had the best time at uni and I think about it all the time and yeah I think just the flexibility of uni life and um, just that freedom that I never had throughout school so I think the freedom extends not just to the I guess but being free, like it's it's the I guess the the freedom of learning, yeah. and I guess being in control of what you want to do. Absolutely. I think that, and this is what I'm trying to sort of get through to my son is that like just do what you got to do, get through here, and then you get to make the choice. But give yourself the opportunity to make the choice, right? And then you you find your tribe, and you find like minded people, and you find people that are creative like you, and suddenly your quirkiness that you had when you were at high school is suddenly embraced Mm -hmm. and you don't have to be, you can be a leader. You don't have to be the sheep. You can, you find it and you go. And I think that's really powerful. I think that a lot of people find themselves at university because they're not that lone sort of gun. They, they, they find their tribe, but I think it's really important that, that that happens. And look, some people are lucky in it. They don't, they don't have to go through that process, but find that the people 
I think especially creatives because I think creatives, they have a different path. I really do. I think that that path to creation is different and their mindset's different. And and so for them, they need to be with people like them. Yeah, and I think that's around. super yeah. important for them. That's it. And I think that once they do, then that's when they flourish. Mm-hmm. Whereas some people like, personally, like I can sort of move into any room and be okay. But I think this, I think especially creatives, they need to, they need to find their tribe <coughs> and then they flourish and then they're okay. Mm-hmm. But I think, because I think, because my, and I'm looking at my son as well that like, I think sometimes he's scared of that. Oh, am I am I a bit am I a bit different? You know, and yeah, you are a bit different in a good way, mm. right? And you're going to realise this. And this is what I say to him all the time. I go, look, you know, when you're 21, smart, sexy, like, yeah, I know it may not be cool at 15 and 16, mm-hmm. but when you're 21, smart is sexy. So mm. run with it, mate. Absolutely, yeah. You know, yeah I'm it, big on that. It's yeah. all about yeah, celebrating your weird side for sure, as, as I say it, and. Yeah, at school it was quite isolating. Like not many people enjoyed going to art class or, you know, painting or drawing. And, you know, a lot of people absolutely hated it. And, yeah, it was quite isolating because you really looked forward to that and, and you know, no one no one else in the room um, wanted to be there, I suppose. So, yeah, finding those, those people throughout university I think definitely enhanced my experience at uni. And, yeah. Yeah, I look back on it very, very highly. Yeah, absolutely. Really powerful. So. When when did you? It's interesting you're saying you know your son's sixteen, my son's seventeen. He's in year twelve. Um, last two years, he sort of was thinking of getting into trade, got himself an apprenticeship, and then sort of realised it wasn't for him. Mm. Um, so we, we've sort of encouraged all that, we've supported his decisions, and he's now gone back to year twelve. So we've moved. He's changed schools. He seems to be lost, mm. like you know, sort of. Um, I wouldn't say lazy, but I, I'd say lost would be the word that he just doesn't know. You know, he, he thought it was trade school because that's what his brother did and that's what he thought that we wanted. Mm. Um, when was it that you sort of, like it clicked for you and you sort of realised um, that that's the path that you're going to go down? Yeah, well, I think I was very fortunate. Um, I was very young girl and always, yeah, sort of had that creative side and I loved... Um, I, at the time, I guess I didn't know it was interior design, but yep. um, I loved going with my parents to, you know, the furniture shop and choosing new furniture. And we were doing up our, our home at the time when I was maybe 10 to 13. So I was going along to every consultation, you know, the bathroom showroom and the kitchen showroom. And I just, yeah, subconsciously, I suppose, just sort of loved that environment. And I loved, you know, you could do whatever you wanted, I suppose. And um, I used to rearrange my room every weekend. <laughs> Change. Oh, my mum could tell you some very funny stories, but it was literally every Saturday morning. I just wanted to, yeah, change things up, buy something new. Um, so I just kind of knew in a way that I, I wanted to sort of use that creative side um, yep. a, as my job in the future. But yeah, it all just sort of happened naturally and then, yeah, fell in love with art and particularly graphics throughout school and sort of was just on, on that on that path, sort of had my blinkers on and I thought, yeah, this is this is me, this is what I love. But, um, I, yeah, like I said, I was very fortunate and a lot of my friends had no idea what they wanted to do, what they loved, what they were good at. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was just very normal for people to go to uni and just sort of, I guess, study 
anything just to get that piece of paper, but still real no idea on what they wanted to do. Um, So, yeah, it can be a really tricky time, but I think for myself, yeah, I was just so fortunate that I sort of knew Mm. what I wanted and I just stuck to that pathway and and just kept kicking my goals. I think that's that's definitely the minority. Yes, I think it really is because my son's a bit the same where it's Mm. like, well, he's a bit – he doesn't know. He keeps saying, "I don't know what I want to do." And I said, "That's cool, but you've got to give yourself the opportunity to choose what you want to do." Like, so do the best you can, get the best marks you can. So if you want to go to uni, you can go to uni. You can do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. So it is hard. Like I think you're blessed, like oh, to know what you're. And I was the same. I was lost. I did not know what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. at all. I changed like twenty times, and you know, I'm forty-seven now. I know I look fifty, but I'm forty-seven now, and I'm still. Sort of going, Still, is yeah. this sort of what I want to do? Yeah. I think it is, yeah. I'm pretty cool. I'm happy. I, I love what I'm doing. But, you know, yes. is marketing what I want to be doing? And at the moment, yeah, I guess it is. I'm, mm. I, and I think that took me 47 years to finally find it. Mm. Whereas, you know, you were very lucky. You were like 10. Yeah, and it was it. like I'm on the road at ten. Yeah. Yeah, so you're, you're I'm already you've got decorating a my room. Yeah. I'm picking kitchens. Move out of the way. I'm yeah. coming. Mum, step aside. Yeah, got a 37 year head start That's on me. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's quite beautiful, almost not knowing, like yeah, um, absolutely, and just being able to yeah, give try try different things and give it a crack and sort of see where you land and yeah. and you always do find your feet and um, yeah, I think that can be a beautiful process as well. And yeah. I see a lot of my friends going through that and. Even when I look at my parents as well, you know, they didn't go to university. They didn't have that opportunity. And they, you know, they're, they're two of the most hardworking people I know and two of the most successful people I know now. And, yeah, they found their feet. And, you know, it, it wasn't as, as easy as, I guess, my path has been. But, yeah, I guess it all just sort of works out in a beautiful way. So, Well, I think hard yeah, work, hard, hard work, work, you know, paper, paper's over a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, and I think you know, being a supporting p- parent, like that's probably one of the things I guess I'm learning out of this whole process as well. You know, I was pretty fortunate with my eldest son; he sort of knew. You know, he he come to me at sort of year ten, one yeah, going to he's trade a, he's school. He's a little bit crazy though. Oh, he's. A, he's I a thought I work crazy. hard. He's a little bit crazy. Like this kid, twenty three, already owns two homes. Wow. Um, him and his um, you know, bride Emma, beautiful girl. Um, you know, just they just know they're yeah. similar to you. You know, they they were lucky, they were blessed. They've got this vision. She's just come out of nursing, mm-hmm. um, now into beauty. But my other son, you know, I'm sort of like I'm learning that he's not, he hasn't got that, you know, um, vision yet. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm and my wife are learning. Um, you know, we just got to support him and I guess be there to help him. You know, just through and um, you know, guide. And I think. So, Sometimes I've been a bit critical on that. It's like, come on, you know, work it out. But, yeah, you know, you're right, Matt. It's more just letting them find it. And, you know, I'm 45 and I think I've only just found my, my way. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Like I'm, at, I'm at peace and I'm probably the happiest I've ever been now. And now I'm sort of looking for the next 20 years, you know, where I think up until only a couple of years ago, man, I was just running. <laughs> You know, like not looking back, not really knowing where. I think I was like the Forrest Gump, you know, <laughs> just just kept running. Yeah. And like now when I wake up, like I said to you this morning, like to wake up and just sit on my veranda and look out into the field and watch nature, mm. I was like, wow, I think I've found my calling. Yeah. Um, I just need a cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah. 
That's what you need. Yeah, great. And, yeah. and I'll be yeah. complete. Madison, <laughs> Madison completely agrees here. Yeah, just cowboy hat. I'll, I'll be complete. You'll so. be you'll be something. You'll be something. All right. So you said you started your career down in Sydney. I did. Tell yeah. us your your journey to how you ended up at Plus. Yeah. Wow. So I um, graduated uni. Yeah, here in Brisbane. And then a couple of months later, I moved down to Sydney. Um, and I think oh, I had a pretty rough time to, to start with, to be honest. Um, a new new industry, new state. I didn't no familiar faces or anything. Um, trying to start out as a, a 21-year-old, you know, very shy girl in a, in a new town and trying to land my first graduate job. So it was a really tough and tricky time more than I probably expected it was going to be but um yeah just sort of started going to um I guess events around Sydney there was there was a lot going on in the design space at the time and just trying to meet people and say hello and and get my name out there and um I guess yeah the sending the emails the cold calling it just it just wasn't working it wasn't landing no one was getting to know me you know face to face and we spoke about that a lot how powerful that can be so yeah it was just about getting my name out there and going along to events and um yeah then I came across WIDAC so they're a, a um, networking group in the property industry and attended a lot of those events and um yeah long story short essentially met my first boss through a WIDAC event um, oh, down right. in Sydney, and that was at a firm called Custance Architects. So they were a small boutique um, firm down in Sydney. Um, there was eight of us on the team, and yeah, they took me on as a graduate, and um, it was yeah an incredible experience. I learned so much. I thought I learned a lot at five years at university, and then my five first five months at Custance, I just couldn't believe how much I'd learned, how much I'd grown, and. I really knew that I sort of found my my feet there and um, yeah, sort of developed and grew with them for about a year and a half and then decided to, oh, <laughs> then COVID hit. <laughs> yeah, all right. COVID hit, yeah, about a year into my, my time there and we were obviously sent into lockdown and, and working from home from my small apartment. and. So where were you, where were you living? I was living in Walleye Creek. Okay. Yeah, just next to International Airport. Yep, um, all right. Yeah, it was a great little spot, but I certainly missed being in the heart of in in the city in, in Sydney. And our office was right on Pitt Street, so we we're right in the heart of it. So it was pretty tough going back to the apartment and working and living there. And I think Sydney lockdown was pretty intense. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a long time. It was a long time. Yeah. You should have stayed up here. I know. Yeah. Well, then that that's sort of what <laughs> happened. And then yeah, I just. I'm a real big family girl and, and people's person and I missed all my friends and I missed all my family, to be honest. And I sort of, I couldn't really see the end at the COVID lockdown. Like, like none of us, none of us knew what was sort of ahead of us. So yeah, I moved back. Um, there was a small break in one of the big lockdowns and I moved back and Custance, um, I'm very grateful they actually supported me and moved me back to Brisbane and I continued oh. working with them. Um, and we just actually at the time opened an office up in Brisbane. So I was working with the director um, in Brisbane. That's cool. Yeah, so I was super grateful for that, just to be able to seamlessly move back and be with my family again. And um, yeah. I think, yeah, it was a big blessing that they, they could do that for me. Um, 
and then stayed on with them for another six months and we sort of worked in the aged care industry and um, commercial fit-out um, space. And then I knew that it was just sort of time for me to, to I guess, explore another avenue and, and a different sort of industry. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess I came across PLUS. Um, I'd been following them for a long time and, and a lot of the work they do and a lot of the residential work they do is just like, wow, I've got to be, you know, I've got to be doing this. This is incredible what, what they're producing and, and the work on the Gold Coast and Brisbane was super exciting for me. So, yeah, I was um, super grateful. I, I met a few people just through networking and um, they put me in contact with PLUS and I guess the rest is history. I've been there for over a year and a half now and, yeah, just absolutely loving it. It's been incredible. It's a pretty impressive outfit, PLUS. Um, I've come up to your office a couple of times and um, seen the work that's just produced out of there. And, um, yeah, it's it's definitely the place to be. Um, yeah. What's it like working there? Yeah, it's great. We have some of the best um, – well, when, when I think of PLUS, I think of the people and some of our associates, our directors, our principals, some of the best in the game. And, yeah, really grateful to be able to work – under them and, and learn from them every single day and they constantly push us and challenge us and and push the brief and push the design and you know as you can see on our output we're really you know trying to change change the game and, and create something really special and unique for our for our clients so yeah it's it's a really fast-paced industry uh sorry uh, company at plus and yeah i just love it every day is different it, it moves fast but yeah it's exciting. So. Oh, I couldn't imagine looking at the projects you guys have <laughs> on the go. What are some of the projects you're working on at the moment that's um, sort of exciting you? Yeah, so I work on the residential team at PLUS and I also get to work on the so private residential and the multi-residential. So a couple of the multi-residential projects I'm doing um, Lagoon at Main Beach. So it's a double tower um, development there with Drew Group. Um, yep. just actually started on site a couple of weeks ago with Hutchies. So that's a really exciting one. It's their biggest project uh, on the Gold Coast, actually, for Hutchies. So um, that's a really great one to be a part of. And then what else am I doing? I'm doing a private residential on Hedges Avenue. Um, Beautiful street. Beautiful, <laughs> I know. Well, doesn't Hedges. get much better than that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm also doing um, another private residential in Brisbane in Balimba. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, so right on, on the waterfront there on the river. Um, just phenomenal location, 30-metre frontage. Um, just the entertainer's dream home, really. Wow. So yeah. so tell me tell me your process. Like I'm not you know, we don't have seven hours, so I can't <laughs> not the whole process, but like you you get the lead, you, you go and meet the, with the client to do your pitch, I guess. And tell me how that works. Like what are you what are you thinking of? How what's what's your process? What's your thought process when it comes to well, let's start the design. Mm-hmm. Well, I think so, for example, with a, a private residential client, so Essentially, you know, it's it's mum and dad from around the corner and um, they just want to build their dream home. So I guess the process there would be very different to, I guess, meeting with the developer of the, you know, the Twin yeah. Towers down in, in Cronin Ave, for example. But yeah, a private residential client, again, it's all about that, 
relationship and that connection, you know, between the designer and, and the client and just having them trust us that, you know, yes, we, you know, we, we do this day to day, but we can also, you know, bring your vision to life as well. It's not, you know, we're not there to to sort of, it's black and white, this is what we think, this is what we're doing. It's about, you know, collaborative process and, and bringing their dream to life. So, I think, you know, the first initial meeting is all about what the client wants, you know, let's write a brief, you know, how many rooms do you want? What's, you know, what, what we, we often, we often ask, sorry, pardon me, sort of how do you live your life, you know, so what do you do when you get home from work? Do you sit down and watch a movie or is it, you know, a fire out in the backyard with the kids, you know, understanding how they live and then I guess designing the space to suit, to suit that, so yeah, it's a lot of questions to the client about how they live and, and what they love and, you know, how many people they have around at night or do they throw parties or everything like that. So it's about just understanding their needs first and foremost and then um, we sort of take all that information. We go back to the drawing board and sort of massage the plans and I guess we put our best foot forward then and, and show them what we can do, what we think is best for the home, what design we think is best um and then yeah we we just um again work together and if if they love it great we run with it if not we sort of sit down and okay so that that's a good point so you must have some thick skin (laughs) because you get some yeah shit house yeah yeah you get that a bit yeah and so that's that and how do we deal with that because it must be almost heartbreaking that you you design something you think is beautiful mm-hmm. and then someone goes, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. I I am still, I guess, the the most important lesson I think I've learned in, in my few years in the industry so far, I know I have like 50 years ahead of me, so it's only going to get stronger, but it's almost removing yourself yeah. from the design. Yes. Um, Yes, I love what I do and, and design is very subjective and it's very personal, but at the same time, you know, this is my job and I do have to remove myself to not get attached to these designs as well. And it's not my dream home, so yeah. um, it's it's at the end of the day, I really want my client to be happy and proud to live there. Um, so, yeah, I think the most important lesson I've learned is definitely just removing myself and not taking anything personally, which, you know, can be easier said than done, but yeah. it's something, a skill that I'm sure I'll develop over my career. <laughs> Especially when you've put weeks or months yeah. into you creating this vision Absolutely. and then you meet with the client, as you said, they just like, no. Nah. Mm-hmm. And then you've literally got to screw that up, mm-hmm. throw it in the bin and then basically start again. Yeah. Because like the process would have been that obviously in your head, the brief is not what you thought it was yeah. because you've gone down one path, but they're obviously thinking a completely different one. Like, and for me, that would, you know, I'm not that type of person, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very driven and moving forward and you yeah. know, knock everything out of the way. So yeah, yeah, it yeah, would be it a be tough skill to be able to, yeah, yeah, really just, okay, that's not the right way. Let's do that's it all it. again. Yeah. And, but, um, yeah, I've actually recently just gone through that process for uh, for another multi-residential where I, you know, designed this apartment and in particular the kitchen. It just didn't quite hit their brief for whatever reason, misunderstanding or dif- different paths. Yep. Um, it just missed the brief completely. And, 
you know, yes, it was very easy to take it personal because, you know, that was my, you know, that that's my design there on the page, on the screen. Like I was really proud of it. But I guess um, looking back at it now, sort of I've just presented the final the final design to the developer the developer and that was after three iterations and they are just absolutely stoked with it now and so am I mm. I think I look I look back at the first iteration and I go oh no I could have done better definitely yep. so it was almost a, a really nice challenge to be able to be pushed and and to sort of yeah change that brief and um yeah create a really incredible outcome but I guess so. also like how often do you nail it first go oh yeah never yeah <laughs> so I think and I think sometimes like we just need to give ourselves a break. Yeah. Like, you know, mm. you, you, we're all human, right? And I think that, and you can't mind read, you can't, you can't, you're right. It's these, it's either the architects or the projects have got a, a vision or the, the, the homeowner's got a vision and you just need to take that from them and then put it onto paper mm. or into the computer. Like, that can't be easy. Mm. So, you know, if you're not going to crack it the first time every time. No. In fact, I'd be surprised if you really ever cracked it. Like, I know from what we deal with, like, we're a marketing company and it takes some massaging to get the relationship right. And it's all about collaboration, as you said, like the most important thing, but still like, you know, you're not the same person. Mm. So it's, there's going to be some, there's going to have to be some give and take a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Design is so colourful. And I think... Well, going back to sort of the maths, how I was really passionate about maths throughout school, it was black or white. It was either you were right or you were wrong. Yes. Yep. You were right, you move on. You know, that's the defining point. You draw the line in the sand, done. You know, that's your maths equation. Whereas with design, yeah, I can keep working on this design for years and years and years and maybe never get it quite right. So, yeah, it is so colourful and and just so, um, yeah, subjective. But I think, yeah, if if the client's happy at the end of the day, then... I feel really proud to yeah. to represent that design. So. And, and some of them would continue, even when you think you've got it right and you put all your plans into place and it's all under construction, it could also change along the way, right? Like you could hit hurdles or something that looked good on paper just yeah, yeah, like exactly. needs to change on site. So it's actually an ongoing process basically until you hand over totally. those set of keys, yeah. right? Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, concepts are forever forever changing right up until site, you know, maybe material shortage or, or pricing comes down to a lot of it as well. So, um, yeah, the, the final design always always ends up different. But Yeah, well, we find that um, obviously supplying floors for a lot of these sort of projects yeah. um, and obviously that's how we got to know each other. Yeah. Um, we're seeing the same, you know, and I guess most people don't know, you know, the amount of time that goes in like a lot of people like we said today you know you see the crane in the sky there's been years mm. of work like some of the quotes that i've put out are still two years away <laughs> and i'm only at the quoting so that means you have done the design probably a year or two prior to that so that's it yeah um i don't think people realize that some of these projects can take you know four to six years yep um in the development the design, uh, the quoting. Um. Exactly. And, and with that as well, you know, you're designing these these apartments, yeah, maybe three years ago. It's about making sure that design is still relevant when it's getting built, you know, next year. So, again, those designs constantly are changing to, to keep up with the market and the trends, I suppose. And um, 
supply yeah. shortage, yeah, which exactly. is what obviously COVID, um, you know, um, affected all of us. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, last the last couple of years for us as well has been you know pretty dynamic, mm-hmm. um, having to try and get supply and and basically what this is what we've got, mm-hmm. and really adapt and change. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the questions I've got. So we we spoke about the Gold Coast. It's a um, pretty trendy sort of place. Um, towers going up. Is there like competition amongst, um, I guess, you designers to outdo the apartment <laughs> next door? Like to be on the um, edge to, you know, look at those trends or look mm. at what's in fashion or, mm-hmm. and it's not just, I guess, on the Gold Coast, it's around the world. Like, mm-hmm. is there that competitive sort of feeling in the office or? Um, I wouldn't. I, I probably wouldn't say it's it's sort of competitive in that sense, but I guess we we always want to be um, a- ahead of the game and, and really yeah creating those those really wow wow moments and and wow designs that perhaps yeah our competitors haven't thought of yet. It's always about you know being one step ahead. So yeah, I wouldn't say essentially you know we're we're knocking on on our on our neighbor's door, you know. Oh, that's not good. You know, we, we want to change that. We, we can do better than you. But I think internally, yeah, we always want to be pushing ourselves to to be better and, and to be ahead of the game and creating a really unique product at the end of the day. Because um, yeah, essentially, with with these builds, as we just spoke, you know, they're years down the track. So we don't know what our competitors are doing or their timelines and their time frames, but. We know internally that, yeah, we, we can keep pushing ourselves. And, yeah. again, that's a, a big collaborative process. And, um, yeah, so probably not, not that competitive side. But, yeah. yeah, of course, and for yourself, you want to be putting your best foot forward and really challenging the brief and creating something really quite beautiful for the market. So, so there'd, be, there'd be one thing um, in, I guess, having the vision, um, which is – you know, what you said is one of your sort of strengths, being able to visualise in 3D and all that. Mm-hmm. But then there'd be the process of then working with the engineers and the architects and working out whether what I've just designed and, you know, created is actually possible. It's feasible, yeah, that's like it. That, that to me just, it nearly sounds impossible. <laughs> like some of the architectural designs on some of these buildings um, – you know, you guys are creating. Mm-hmm. I look at them and I, I, it, I'm just in awe. Like you know, flicking through your website and you know, just seeing these spectacular sites that are just appearing in the sky. Mm-hmm. Like, how how do you then? Obviously, you got the vision, and then you got to sit down with an engineer, and he's looking at you like, <laughs> "What are you <laughs> delivering me?" Yeah, that's it—the constant battle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think well. When these projects sort of kick off and the feasibility is underway and we're sort of taking the the tower through DA, through development application, you know, these consultants are along alongside us right from day one. So we, we often meet weekly and... Um, we yeah it, it's a it's a massive team effort the amount of consultants and people that go into these towers and yes we have the vision but it's um you know it's almost more important for them um you know their role in and how can we bring this to life now so yeah we work yeah 
so so closely together with our engineers and and consultants and you know landscape architects and then obviously meeting council's needs and then fulfilling the dreams of the client it's a massive team effort and there's a whole board of consultants that sort of sit there sit there with us and tackle this this problem or this design or the challenge and um yeah bring it to life so yeah there it's it's a it's a massive team right from day one right to the very end so yeah Yeah. so i guess historically the construction industry is the man's has been a man's domain Mm -hmm. so how does it go being a woman in a man's world like Mm. it mustn't be easy Mm -hmm. uh and it must be another constant battle Mm -hmm. uh and i guess trying to prove um because men are pretty average the best of times. Um, how, how do you how do you finding that? That's an for someone as young as you, mm-hmm. that must be a hurdle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Being a young woman in the construction industry, yeah, we're we're constantly faced with with a lot of challenges. But I think um, I feel very lucky to have the most incredible women around me who are a real go getters and. Um, really leading the way and, and leading the industry. And, um, yeah, I often I try not to look at it as as gender, to be honest. And, you know, I see everyone as, as equal. And I think, yeah, when we sit in these big consultant meetings, like sometimes, yeah, I, I am the only female there. But at the end of the day, you know, we've all got to that boardroom for a reason. We all deserve a seat at the table. Um, we've all worked our butts off through university and, and you know, have that drive. So it I, I doesn't matter to me that I'm necessarily female and and my colleagues male, you know, we've all, we deserve that seat at the table and we deserve to be, deserve to be heard. And I think, yeah, finding my confidence, you know, I'll continue to do that forever and I'm just getting started. So I'm just, yeah, grateful to have other incredible women around me that I can look up to and... Um, I just, yeah, I guess can see what can be done. and, and So you're a committee member of the Women in Design and Construction. Yes. So that there, that must be super fulfilling, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And you're surrounding yourself with the right people, right? Yeah. yeah. Incredibly empowering, yeah, these women in, in the committee that I sit on with them. It's, yeah, they are my absolute goals. You know, I look at these and there's probably eight of us, I think, and then the National Committee in Queensland and, yeah, they're just leading the way. Absolutely phenomenal women, and um, yeah, feel really grateful to be a part of it and to have to have a voice there as well and be a part of such an empowering community. Um, yeah, where women are supporting women, and there's no reason why we can't. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it's amazing. Love it, and it's a great time for that. Like, uh, you know, you, you couldn't have said it better. Um, to sort of remove the gender. Uh, from a room which, like Matt said, predominantly um, industry and business has been male-dominated. Um, you're seeing it in sports as well now, uh, women playing rugby league, uh, women on boards of businesses. And I think we, you know, and you would hope that we get to a point in society where gender is not even regarded as a, a decision or an option. It's just that we are all equal. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we're coming from Stone Age where, you know, men were hunters and women were gatherers. Um, so it's been a big evolution and definitely I think we're in an age where we're seeing that now. 
Um, and especially when, like you said, you know, powerful women are, are banding together and supporting each other. Um, and that whole, I guess, um, office uh, layout and all that is sort of changing. And yeah. and it's great. It's, it's great because everyone adds value. Yeah. Whether you're a woman, whether you're a man, whether you're black or you're white. And I think, you know, when we start looking at everyone's um, differences and then appreciating that and, you know, I always like to find the beauty in everyone mm -hmm. and everything. And I think that's, you know, it's a great time to live in. Yeah, absolutely. If you've hit the nail on the head, that's exactly how I look at it as well. So, yeah, it's it's an exciting time and I think we've we've come a long way. And, yeah, even just being in the industry a, a little while, I can already see that, you know, women can achieve anything just as men and yeah let's remove the gender from it and let's just all support each other because we've all we all deserve a seat there and we've all you know absolutely got this same dream and same vision to you know so to succeed yeah, and to succeed, yeah. and just be happy yeah. that's it you know yeah. and i think at the root of it all and you know we're speaking about um you know valentine's day and just love and romance and caring and mm -hmm. and you know, I think today is a beautiful day. I think it's one of those days, you know, on the calendar that we can actually just celebrate a good feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not Mother's Day or Father's Day or a birthday or it's not, you know, dedicated to one specific group. It's actually dedicated to a feeling that we all desire. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what's wonderful about a day like today is that, you know, we can all sit back and actually appreciate you know, our loved ones, um, not only your significant partner, but just other people and the beauty in that. And mm -hmm. um, and it's great to see, you know, you sort of being a part of that committee and really driving that, that agenda. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Well, I think, look, I think that's a great place to leave it. I think we've, we're celebrating a left-handed success story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the lefties. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 a, and a win for the... For the creative, the uh, the win for the person that you know knew what she wanted to do when she was ten, but <laughs> didn't really know how to get there, yeah. but got there in the end, yeah. and is now super successful. And we've been very, very happy and excited to have you on the podcast with us. It's been so much fun. Oh, Learn a lot. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. been a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And thanks for coming along. And uh, thanks for um, you know creating that relationship with Clever. Um, we look forward to many years of of working together and supplying you some great flooring for definitely. your designs. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and, um, yeah, have a wonderful day. Yeah. Enjoy your Valentine's Day, Madison. Yes, thank, thank you, you so much, guys. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> thank you, Matt. Great. And we'll see you in two weeks' time on The Underlay. Bye for now. Bye for now. now. Thanks for listening to The Underlay. If you want to hear more, Follow us on all good podcast platforms.